If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I want to make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3x increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, the mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minches, and I am so excited because I have the very amazing Tina Loza with me today, who is not only a multi-million dollar business owner, I mean, she started from zero, but she's also a friend, a soul sister, someone I love having, well, she had a martini, I had a Cosmo, but I love hanging out with her. So Tina, I just <laughs> want to say hello and welcome to the, the W Sales Now show. Hi, Ursula. I'm so excited to be here. This is crazy. We both started <laughs> as baby business owners together and it's so fun to be interviewed with you today. So it's Awesome. I love it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for thank you for bringing me on. I'm excited. Well, and I'm already giving away our secrets, you know, Cosmos and Martinis. So dirty ones, <laughs> dirty martinis at that. But today we're yeah. having coffee. We're not drinking martinis while we're doing this, just so everyone knows. But I'm let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about Tina. I have to tell you because I'll just gush about what a cool friend she is. And she's very cool. She's very funny. If you ever have the privilege of connecting with her, you'll see that her sense of humor comes through wherever we are. So Christina S. Loza is the founder and managing partner at Loza and Loza LLP, an intellectual property law firm. She has a breadth of experience working for a large firm and as in-house intellectual property counsel. She's experienced in all areas of intellectual property law, including trademarks, patents, copyright, trade secrets, domain name disputes, internet law, eBay dispute resolution, as well as IP licensing, counseling, and litigation. Tina is a board member of the National Association of Business Women Business Owners, woohoo, at Nabo, California, and is a former president of Nabo, California, and the Nabo IE chapter. And that's, of course, how Tina and I got to know each other and how we've served together on the Nabo boards. And additionally, Tina sits on the board of directors at the Los Angeles County Fair Association. As an adjunct professor at University of Laverne School of Law, Tina teaches intellectual property law and is the co-author of an internet law book published by Specialty Technical publishers and add infinitum. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, perfect. All right. Tina received her JD at Loyola Law School and her Bachelor of Science in Biology from Loyola Marymount University. Tina and her husband, Julio, live in Pomona, California, three 
very energetic creative boys, Jude, Jonah, and Lucas. And, you know, when, when I was pregnant with Luca, this was my emergency line to Tina. I would text her and say, you know, is it weird that my kid's still crying? Or, you know, is this odd? And she would say, stop worrying. So anyway, <laughs> excited to have you here as we wear many hats together. And Tina, I want you to, I want you to tell your story. I was, I was, you know, you, while growing a law firm, you, firm, you were also growing a family. And I still have this, I have this memory of us being at the, you were very pregnant. We were at the, the painting party for Nabo. And I, you know, you, so much was happening in your life. So I, I'm going to take you way back, but even back before that, tell us your story of how you, you know, you launched the law firm and just how it, how you've grown this great multi-million dollar success. Let's start there. Sure. So I was working as an in-house counsel at a nutritional supplement company, and they wanted me to relocate to Gig Harbor, Washington. And nobody relocates to Gig Harbor, Washington from (laughs) California. It's just not something that, I mean, maybe somebody does who, like, appreciates nature and all that nonsense, but not me. So I kind of decided that that wasn't what I was going to do. So I negotiated myself a nice little severance, and it was kind of the middle of the crash. I mean, I think we both started at a time where, you know, the economy was not booming. It was a difficult time to start a business. And so I kind of was, you know, at home eating bonbons and Julio just said, you know, instead of sending out your resume to a bunch of firms that aren't hiring, why don't you just start a firm? And it was sort of terrifying to me to kind of do this thing that I'd never done before. I had worked at a large firm. I actually left that large firm with a partner. And so I saw him start, which was kind of interesting because I was like, okay, I've seen the good things that he does, I've seen the bad things that he does, and maybe that prepped me in a way that I didn't know was coming. Then I worked in-house, and so I, I was in this position where I had nothing to lose, I didn't have babies yet, and I printed out some business cards on my Epson printer. I didn't even bother with the with an actual real you know cards or anything like that, and I went to, I started going to networking events, and I said, okay, I'll try this this law firm thing. And within about six months, I was fully busy myself. So I had a full book of business. I was doing pretty good. I had started going to a lot of Nabo things and seeing what kind of groups I really enjoyed and where I was connecting with people and why I was connecting with them. And it was sort of a time where it just happened. And that's where the whole firm started. And then, of course, about six months later, Julio ended up joining me because he was so jealous about um, (laughs) how, how I was doing. He was like, wow, she's working at home and she's doing fantastic. Like this is this is great. She doesn't have to share her money with other people. So so he joined me, and then you know five minutes later I was having a baby, and and so I, I started a family at the same time as, as starting my firm. So it's the firm is one of my kids. <laughs> it was all at right. the same time. Oh my gosh, but, um, gosh! I remember that. I just remember that trajectory uh-huh. you were on, and I don't know how you juggled all of it because so many things happened in between there. But when you first launched the right. business, I mean, I know, and you guys, we've had a little bit of this conversation about, you know, attorneys and selling. What was right. the, the business development and sales process like for you? Did you have any limiting beliefs about <laughs> selling? I mean, I know you're really confident and you were in, you, you know, you had some right. necessity to start the business, but go back to that. Right. So I didn't, I didn't call them limiting beliefs at the time. It was kind of like, what the hell am I doing? If you work in house, <laughs> you're not selling to anyone. You're an employee. 
And even at a firm, when you, you know, you work for partners or whatnot, they're doing the selling. They don't want their associates doing anything but working. And so you never learn the skill of going out there and even shaking someone's hand and asking them for money. And it's not called selling. Um, lawyers don't sell because either they're called ambulance chasers if they're doing that or it's it's kind of got this negative connotation. So the, the way that right. it's positive, it's called rainmaking. I mean, that's mm. essentially the term that's used more for attorneys, I think. And so it's it's really, I mean, I had a, a lot of things to overcome. I was young. I was a woman. I was a minority. I was, you know, going out and never having had to shake someone's hand and be like, this is what I do and this is why you should hire me. It was kind of, un- if you know me, I hate being inauthentic and this fake it till you make it kind of thing was really hard for me. And so I didn't want to appear desperate. So that was always really, you can't, if you, if that, there's even a hint of that. And at the time I was sort of desperate. I needed work and I needed to kind of build a firm, but I didn't want to seem that way. So I had all kinds of head trash. I think it was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I hated walking into a room and having to kind of meet people and not really know why I was meeting them. And so I just really needed to figure out ways to talk to people even and to get out there in a way that I felt was authentic and I could really connect with people and not feel like I had to ask for a ton of, you know, work and just be be there, be present and kind of get through that. I'm not selling I'm helping people kind of attitude. It was a different kind of thing for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's perfect though. I mean, we talk a lot about that on the show is moving from that idea of no one wants to sell. Even if they're supposed to be selling, they don't want to call it selling. <laughs> I like the idea of rainmaking. We can all take that one on. That's beautiful. That feels really good. But moving in a space of, you know, I'm serving people. I'm just solving a problem. I'm helping. It sounds like you, you made that shift. You mentioned networking. I know you did a lot of networking. We were both. Like, I remember... Yeah. Oh my gosh, like in the beginning, like every event that I could go to, I was networking everywhere. Right, what, every day, at you, least once a day. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And you, did, how did you take uh, networking and turn it into business? I, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it was luck. And I, I don't know, but I, part of it was finding the networking groups or the places that I, I felt right. So it wasn't so much like I'm going to go to this group and I'm going to pass out cards. I went and I was like, do I like these people? Do I like being around them? Do I like their mission? Do I like what they're talking about here? And if I didn't, I just didn't go back to those kinds of meetings, whatever group that was. And if I did like it, so like I'll just use Nabo as an example. I liked going there. I liked the women there. I felt like there was a fellowship there. Even if not everybody there was like, oh, I totally need to file a trademark or a patent right now. It didn't really matter because I I was learning skills to grow my business and we had common interests, common ways to do things. We were both we were all in the same sort of spot at that time and so that enriched me and that helped me grow in a different way and I met people that became friends and clients and whatnot over the years. So it was more about going to organizations and places where I felt like I connected with the mission or what was going on, and that seemed to turn into business because I was comfortable and I was in a space where I could feel authentic with the people around me. Yeah, for sure. And such a great reminder because I think people waste so much time networking with groups where, one, there's their clients will never be. There's no strategic partners, but yeah. they don't even like it. Like, it's not... Yeah, they hate it. They're like, I hate these people. Why am I here? Like, <laughs> right. And for me, like, I had to figure out how to do it. Like, 
the thing I always say is, like, I would walk in and I would just feel overwhelmed by big groups of people, you know, walking around and not really know who to talk to first or what to do. So I would go straight to the bar. Like, that was my first place I would go. I wouldn't always get a drink, but that line would give me the opportunity to talk to the person in front of me and the person in back of me and, like, give me an opportunity to talk, you know. So it was one of those easy ends when I was lost in a room of people. And I still do that to this day if I don't happen to know what's going on. (laughs) I've gone to that line with you. You tend to be, I think Tina and I, we tend to be more introverted. So yeah, that's a, that's a good place to go. But the idea of being to find someone to talk to. Well, how did, how, okay, we have to keep going with this line of thought here because I'm curious because if people are listening or wondering, well, how did she keep going then? How did you grow a multi-million dollar business? Like, like how did it keep evolving or what, like, did you just, you met some really good contacts that became great strategic referral partners or yes. what happened? I mean, the the most awesome things, I did meet partners that that I to this day I met a couple firms for example in my first two years in business that still treat me as almost an outside or like an of counsel type person they don't do any trademark work and I don't do anything that they do so we're they they send me all of that work they're not afraid of me stealing their clients so they feel really comfortable doing that and so that has been a consistent source of business for me i also i feel like i treat my clients really well i'm super responsive so i ended up with a few good clients from the beginning who have constantly referred me and sent me to other people i have a few large clients and so they always have a steady stream of trademark work so it's been it's been sort of a mix of things and then I, I think that the way it's grown to this you know multi-million dollar firm is that I've also added attorneys so as I have added attorneys and you know the more attorneys obviously the more money comes to the partnership and so they're making money and I also get money from that so it's it's kind Got of it. feeding that whole thing as well so just that's how we've grown from- to this point mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. because we can't you know Julio and I can't do all the work we need to hire people to help us and that grows the firm it grows more clients for the firm and so you know, we represent, you know, everybody from, you know, small inventors who are just solo by themselves all the way to Fortune, you know, 10, Fortune 500 companies. So, I mean, it's just the, the full range. And we've been really you know, lucky and blessed in, in getting those kinds of clients to really help us grow our business. Yes. And you've even said yes to small companies like mine who have who have problems. <laughs> and I will say, Tina, you're one of the most generous people I know. I'm so grateful for all the ways that you've helped us. So let's, I want to go back again, and then we're going to circle back to some of these strategies. But when you, so go back to when you doubled your sales for the first time. Like everyone has that first double. So maybe you added one of your strategic partners, and all of a sudden, like a lot of business showed up. Was there a moment when you looked at Julio across the dinner table? Or, you know, I know for a while, I think we're working in the same office, but you're still in the same place, you can still see each other. But Mm -hmm. was there that moment where you said, oh my gosh, we did it, we doubled? I think we've had a few of those moments. I mean, me personally doubling to add Julio, you know, so Julio joined Mm -hmm. me in that moment where I think it was around Christmas time where he kind of looked at my books and we were looking at everything and I started with nothing and he's like, you're doing well. Like, I think he was surprised. (laughs) I think, I mean, maybe even I was surprised that he's like, you're killing it. And at that point I had no overhead. I was working from home. There was nothing. And, and we've, we've been very strict with that model over time as we keep our overhead extremely low. But it's one of those things where he's like, you are kicking but like and you haven't had to share any of that money and he was comfortable enough to leave his very high paying firm gig to join me because he knew that 
I could support us during that time. So I think that moment was a moment where I was like, wow, I, you know, his, and I know it shouldn't be anyone validating me, but his validation of, wow, you're doing pretty good was a good moment. Like, I think that was one of the big moments. And then I think when you see your account hit a million dollars for the first time is always kind of fun. That wasn't a double, you know, that was a, you know, many, many doubles after, but you see that and you're like, holy crap, (laughs) when did that happen? Like, I don't have to, you know, worry as much about some of these littler things that I used to have to worry about when we first started. You know, I I don't have to worry about $35 to go to a meeting anymore. You know, at, at a million, that was a long time past. But those kinds of things that happen when your account sits, hits certain numbers, it's always sort of a celebration. Like, wow, check out this check that came in. You know, those those excellent moments early, in those early days. And, and they were fun moments because we were. We were sharing this teeny tiny little office space. We were in the same room. We couldn't get up without the chair of one person hitting the other person. It was really tight, tight quarters back then. <laughs> so it's, right. it's very different now. But those are I, those are sort of the moments I remember along the way. Well, of course, I mean, one of the things I love about you and Julio as a couple is how much you respect each other. And so it's not easy to be in a relationship, to be married to your business partner, right, and then to be in small space. So I know just I'm sure navigating all that. But the thing about you two I know is that you, you guys seem to never lose your sense of humor, both of you. So it's it's amazing. And it's been really cool to watch the firm grow and, and grow and grow, and it keeps growing. So going back to you know, after you had that first double and then another double and maybe even after you hit the first million, like what, what did you believe about business then or sales and selling or even like what was possible for you and your family? Well, I mean, I think a lot of this happened concurrent to knowing you. So I, I have to give you a little credit here as I was, you know, during this time I was going to your conferences as well. So it was one of those things where it became instead of, instead of being this thing like, oh, I got to go do this thing, it was more cool, I get to go meet people today and I'm going to be able to help somebody and it was natural and it never was a dread anymore. It was more like, this is easy. I can I can go out there and talk about what I do because I love it so much. It's no big deal. It's like talking about going to my kids' soccer games or whatever else. It's part of my life and I love it so much, so why wouldn't I want to share that with people? And I think that I really learned, like, I didn't have to be a stuffy attorney. And I think that we don't really necessarily enjoy working with each other's clients because we don't attract the same kind of people. And so I've just learned to just really, you know, enjoy what I'm doing. It's not a hard thing. You're providing a service that people need and, and you'll if you if you go in it with that attitude, you're gonna work with awesome people that you love working with and it's not a job anymore. Ooh, that is so good. And it's not a job anymore. I mean, for you guys it's just no. now the next level. And so give us a picture of what like when you look out at the next two to three years. And maybe even five years. Like, what's the dream down the road? (laughs) Oh, that's such a hard question. I think our firm size is going to double at least. So we're at about 30 attorneys right now. I would be very surprised if in a few years we're not at 60. That's an important thing for a law firm. It shows, you know, strength and ability to stay afloat. We've been really, really busy. We've been we we this year we hired a a business management type person who's almost like our you know COO or whatever. She's handling all of the business growth type things in our firm, 
and she's going out there. She's really um, getting a lot of our partners to get out there more naturally. I, you have to understand I work with a lot of engineers, so this is not their favorite thing to do is go out there. So she's trying to help them get out there more. That's growing their client base. And so I, as they grow, we need to get more attorneys to support them. And I think there's going to be a natural double that occurs in, in, in a couple years from where we're at now. And at that point, that makes us one of the largest IP boutiques in the country. And and I can't wait to see that. And I think we're we're going that direction. We're very healthy in our you know, in our books right now. We're healthy as a firm. Our our attorneys don't leave. We have a very, very low attrition rate. So I really see that attracting other attorneys who also want to have, you know, a family a family life sort of part of their life, which is not also not something attorneys see very often. And, and I think that that will attract people the way that people don't want to lose their families and they don't want to be working 24-7. Our firm is a natural fit for them. So I really see our firm taking off even more from here. Fantastic. That would be a fast double. It's interesting. I see that with businesses. When you hit a certain point, the next double can happen really fast into the multi-millions. Mm-hmm. And so Tina, when you look back, like what what do you think are the top two strategies in the business that you use to grow the business where it is today? Like if you just pick two. So I think that when you work with clients that you don't enjoy, who don't value your opinion, who don't want to listen or they're difficult to work with, they're a drain on staff, they're a drain on you as a person, they take more time than the time that they've been allotted in your life. And so I don't work with those clients anymore. I get rid of clients I don't enjoy working with. I know that sounds horrible. And if I have a bad feeling, gut feeling at the beginning, I just don't take the client. I send them to someone who I think will be a better fit. I just don't even bother anymore. I think you have to be really choosy about your clients to be successful. You have to work with people you enjoy who don't give you headaches. The minute that <laughs> headache appears, you know that it's time to move on from them. And I'm, I'm very picky and I advise my attorneys that work for me to do the same. It's just not worth it. I did a lot more things earlier on in, in my firm that I would not do today in terms of the clients that I take on. And it's just not, not everybody works well with every single person. So there's a person out there for everyone and maybe you're not that person for them and that's okay. And then the other thing I think that's super important is the number one, number one thing for attorneys that people hate about them is that they're not responsive. If you and that's shown up over and over in all the bar surveys. I mean, other than, you know, not liking attorneys. I think that's why they you know people don't like that they're not responsive. So I'm super responsive. I text, I email, I've talked to people on Facebook and Skype when I'm driving. I mean, there's all kinds of people. I remember early on, I was pregnant with my twins and I was, you know, throwing up every five minutes and I would be like, okay, hold on. I would throw up. I would get back on the phone and talk to them again. So, I mean, I, I just didn't ever let, I never really let people feel like they weren't being heard. And I got on the phone with them right away. I emailed right away. I just try not to let things linger. And that's always been super important to me. And that's the one thing that people say about me when they refer me out. Tina Tina gets back to you right away. I love working with her. She's a lot of fun. And if people feel that way about their attorney, then I feel like I've done my job every single time. It's very rare that you hear the words attorney and fun in the same sentence. And I agree <laughs> with that. Not only that, Tina, but you, you make people feel so smart. And even though we ask like, I don't know how many stupid questions I feel like I've asked you. And you're always like, it's not a stupid question. How would you know that? Like, you make people feel so comfortable in the process. And and because of that, you're helping a lot of a lot of people. So thank you for being so authentic and so nice to 
us that have no idea. So on that note, let's keep going. This is perfect tie-in. We know you're an expert in trademarks and helping businesses grow using their intellectual property as an asset. What kind of advice or strategies or tips do you have for us, things that you share with your clients frequently or things that we should probably know? Well, I think... You know, one thing I see people make mistakes about really early on all the time in their businesses is that they just don't have stuff in writing. I need every single person to put their things in writing, to get contracts with people. If you're working with somebody, have a contract that you've reviewed, that you understand, or hire someone to help you understand it so you know what you're getting into and you just have a really good source to start your relationship because... If you don't have a writing that sort of defines what you're doing, then you also don't have expectations for each other. So I see a lot of partners going into business together, doing, you know, working on projects together and just not having a writing that kind of memorializes their, what they're doing. And that, all that causes is problems down the line. People need to know what they, what to expect from each other. And I think that, you know, you say, you know, contracts and lawyers and it's just such a pain and we don't want to go there and let's just figure it out. Well, fine. If you don't want to get an attorney, that's fine. But have an email at least. Have something where you have some kind of memorialization of what each party is supposed to do and what your expectations are for money and time and you know how you treat each other so that there's something that guides you. And if there is a dispute, at least there's some writing that supports that. So for me, it's really important that that happens. I think every business should buy lots of domain names. <laughs> so, you know, before you even start a business, if you can't get the .com that's associated with the name of your business, then you've wasted your time almost. <laughs> I think everybody should go mm-hmm. on to GoDaddy, buy every variation of their, you know, of their business. So they have a .com for it, a .biz, you know, add an S at the end if you can, you know, anytime you roll out a new product by the domain name, you don't know what's going to hit out there and you're going to wish you had that domain name to go along with what product or whatever it is that you're selling. You want to have that domain name so people can find you easily. And also go on Instagram, get the handle, go on Facebook, get the handle. I mean, that's free. And right. domain names are like 10 bucks. Like there's no reason not to do it. And it's just, it's an asset of your business. It's something that you can sell. And I've never heard someone regret the $10 that they spent on buying a domain name. But if you hit it big and you're doing great and you need the domain name and it's already gone because someone picked it up when you weren't paying attention, then you'll, you'll waste a lot of money trying to get it back or you won't have it and you'll lose money because someone else has it. I mean, it just it's the cheapest, easiest thing that you can do to really like solidify some of your, your assets in your business. And then a third thing is just get out there, get involved in your communities, do things that you love, be with your kids, be on boards, learn lots of different skills. All of those things add to your own skill set so that you can enrich yourself and thereby enrich your clients. I mean, they need to know all kinds of things. They need connections to people that can help them, and you can't do that in a vacuum. You can't do that at home. So I think it's super important to just be out there, be visible in things that you love because it'll show that you love doing it, and you'll you'll get business naturally. It'll flow to you because of that. Excellent. Let me review. So for people who are our listeners, I know, are writing these ideas down. So number one, of course, yes, put things in writing. Easy to say, but we, we all forget. So I would, if I, for those who are listening, I would evaluate, like go through a checklist and just see is everything in writing? What else do we need to put in writing? Buy those domain names and then some. I have, I was laughing because I have so many and it's so much fun. I, I don't even know how much Good. I spend. It's so a year. easy. Yeah. It's so easy. I have like so much fun and people will like suggest funny ones to me and I just buy them. Like <laughs> I said something really <laughs> horrible the other day and they were like, you should buy the domain name Soulless Attorney. And I'm like, okay, got it. I just bought it. We're good. <laughs> right? 
You might need that. Just buy it. it. Just just get it. Like, I'm not soulless, obviously, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, that's great. I should buy that. One day, you know, I have a friend who buys tons of, you know, Trump domain names. You never know when they're going to come in handy. And so it's a really great idea to go out there and, you know, just for your own business, buy all kinds of stuff that kind of goes with your product listings. It just makes sense. Right. I love it. And get involved in your community. <laughs> I mean, that is a great reminder and we don't do it enough. And I know you love being on the the fair board in the Los Angeles mm-hmm. County Fair and just all the connections you've made there. And I know that's leading to other things, but that's another call in the future. So so <laughs> on that note, tell us, how can we get more from you? So I know you have a gift or an, a special offer for our listeners. And then also how might they connect with you if they're if they have a need or maybe they know someone who needs your services or your team services. Sure. So anyone can email me. I give free consultations all the time. I'm happy to set up a call. I love talking to people. So just, you know, feel free to drop me an email and we can set up a, a free consult. Um, my email address is tina at lozaip.com, L-O-Z-A-I-P.com. Tina at Loza IP is my email address. I'm happy to give a free consult. Just drop me a line and we'll figure out a time that we can talk. My website is LozaIP.com, L-O-Z-A-I-P.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Loza Loza IP. And then I will give a 20% off you know, discount on the first invoice for anyone who chains me after we chat based on this uh, podcast. So just let me know that you came from Ursula and I will serve you. Fantastic. Well, Tina Loza, I want to thank you for being here today. Congratulations on all of your success. We look forward to your double. I'd love to have you back on after you hit your double. That would be fun. It sounds like it's <laughs> going to happen double. very quickly. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I love talking with you. It's just such a you know an honor to be in the same space with you. You always you always make me happy, and it's just great talking to you. So thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And come back to Minnesota. Let's go to the Mall of America again and yes. and have a, a martini and a Cosmo. <laughs> With that, that, right. <laughs> I want to thank all of our listeners. I know we have listeners in 47 countries now. We hear you. Thank you for your emails. We appreciate hearing from you. And we have a free gift as well. If you haven't gone to my website, salescoachnow.com, you can go there and you can get our free, free video series, Sales Secrets of the Top 10% to keep you motivated out there. And then you can also get some of our, our updates. Our 2018 sales camps are all going to be in Minneapolis next year, which is exciting. I'm getting on less airplanes, and we look forward to having you come here and you know supporting you and your business growth. So thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we just want to encourage you to make the next 12 months your most epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.